0: start something step out in front of it i cannot think of a organization where they are not trying to find a way especially from an it standpoint to be more valuable to the company so start something go out there and and take that risk
1: technology is transforming how we think how we lead and how we win from intervision this is status go the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Quo. I'm your host, Jeff Tun. Every parent, or in my case, grandparent of young children know the song, Everything is Awesome, Everything is Cool When You're Part of a Team, from the Lego movie. That is exactly the way our guest today described his goal in an interview earlier this year with Toggle, to make everyone awesome. And yes, you can thank me later for getting that jingle stuck in your head today. Mike Loggins is the IT Director for SMC Corporation of America, Canada, and Europe. SMC is a Japanese firm in the business of industrial automation. Mike and his team are making a huge impact at SMC, and I think his story and the change he and his team are bringing to the organization will provide some inspiration and some ideas to all of us today. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks very much for having me. I'm really
0: excited to be able to talk about and share the journey we've had and what we're doing. And one of the coolest things that I've been able to do over the last couple of months is start sharing that. So I'm really happy to be here.
1: Well, I know when you and I met for coffee, you shared some of that journey. And I I think it is an exciting journey and a lot of places for everyone to learn from that. Now, to our listeners, Mike and I have known each other for about 30 years which means that's about three quarters of his life. So uh, we go way back. In fact, my youngest son, or sorry, my oldest son was his younger brother's best friends as they were growing up. So we've spent a lot of time together over the years. But Mike, would you share a bit about your journey with our listeners, how you came to be at SMC and how your career has grown once you got there? Yeah, so uh, it's been my journey at SMC started almost
0: 13 years ago at this point. Before I was at SMC, I was at a local IT consulting firm, a small consulting firm, primarily working with local medical practices uh, and providing service, IT services there. And we were busy. I, I was running crazy. I was working 80, 90 hours a week. I had two young kids. Yeah. I, just, I was dying. I just, I could not figure out how to keep up. And... This job over at SMC opened up. Actually, it was a blind posting, and they were looking for uh, somebody who could lead their op- their IT operations group who had a strong AS400 background. And amazingly enough, 13 years ago, I had that background. Um, <laughs> so I-, I hopped on it. So I went from that very fast pace and probably and working way too much uh, culture to a I think the first two, three weeks there, I worked like 45, 50 hours a week. I didn't have a laptop. So if I was going to work, I had to be sitting in the office. It was fantastic for the first couple of weeks. Then probably felt uh, like you were on vacation. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think it was about week three, my wife said, you've got to figure out something to do. You're driving me nuts. You're home too much. (laughs) You know, I was playing video games. I was doing all these things, but, you know, I was starting to feel really unnecessary that was the first place where I really feel like I started changing at least some norms at SMC. Uh, at that point, no one in the office really had laptops. Only some I, some salespeople had laptops. So I became one of the first employees to have a laptop because I needed I needed to work more than 45 hours a week yeah, um, just yeah. to keep my sanity. And at that point, like I said, we were just pretty much uh, trying to keep status quo with our AS400, um, which is cool 20 years ago. Um, It was acceptable 13 years ago. Um, (laughs) The the, the really fun thing is once I started uh, in in 2006, up until about 2009, you know, like I said, we were in that status quo, but I had uh, a supportive director of IT and some great support from our executive management. And we were able to start working on things that would really take us into the future, like doing HA in our systems, co-located facilities, starting to look at, leveraging tools other than the AS400 to operate our business, and just on, on and on. In 2009, we uh, built our new facility up in Noblesville, Indiana, and that was a huge changer. I mean, we went from, I think, a 300,000-square-foot facility, 400,000 maybe, to almost a million square feet, and I got the opportunity to design and architect the network and the infrastructure, IT infrastructure from that from the ground up. We implemented a full wireless
1: network, full voice network, things like that. Um, so once again, it's fascinating to be a part uh, of of the the building process. For not very many uh, IT leaders have a chance to design their network literally from the foundation up. That's pretty cool. Absolutely, it was really cool,
0: I, and, and it reminded me how much I needed geometry. Um, so <laughs> when kids tell me that they don't use math. I now realize that I use geometry like every day, and especially when I was working on that build out. So. But uh, once again, I got the opportunity from, from SMC to try new things. In 2010, uh, we had a, a change in IT leadership, and I was put in the de facto you know, temporary director of IT while they were, we were trying to figure out what we needed to do. In 2012, that became my position permanently of director of IT for the U.S. And at that point, IT was very federated. We'd almost become where you had IT operations sitting in IT, but almost everyone else was sitting in a business unit directly, which Uh, sounds cool. It's a great concept, but what ended up happening is we ended up creating all these technical silos. Um, And especially since some of them were developers, we had people doing development work in the same system, but we were lacking uh, an enterprise point of view for everything. So we were able to reconsolidate that in the US. And we just started working down the path of really trying to understand where the company was going to go in the next year or year and a half and trying to make sure that we were ready for it. Whether with we've already built the infrastructure, added the applications, or trying to make sure that we're ahead of the game from a support standpoint. And that sometimes is a fruitless exercise because the, our business changes so frequently. But, you know, for the most part, that worked out really well. Um, you know, we consolidated U.S. and Canadian IT operations and then uh, ripped out our AS400 from a production system in uh, 2016 and put it in a new ERP system. Uh, we went from an AS100 to a Windows-based system. All the technology underneath was just ripped out. So we went down a whole path of what can we do? What What's the next thing we can do here? What's the what's the next best thing that we can
1: provide? So how did uh, you end up getting responsibility for the European part of yeah. the business as well? When, when did that come along? Yeah, so uh, around
0: 2015, they had added some IT leadership in, in Europe. Uh, to try to do similar things that I was doing in the U.S. And in 2017, I was decided that wasn't working out for the company. So because I'd had a relationship with him as well, since uh, he and I worked quite a bit together, and I had started working quite a bit with some of the uh, executive leadership in some of the European countries from an advisor standpoint and meeting them it's in the course of working in a global organization, I was asked to take over that role. What that role started It really only covered about six countries and we were only offering the shared services that were being used across europe and that was once again fairly fragmented but uh, spent the first year just learning i think i had uh, about 20 bosses when i was over there (laughs) so trying to figure out how to get anything done during that period and then we just decided to go for it and launch a strategy of unifying IT in Europe and doing it not just by unifying Europe, but unifying uh, the North American operations as well. So we started about a year ago, getting the, the IT groups together virtually and, and talking and, and making sure we understand what's going on at the local level, what we're doing at the shared level, what are we doing in the U.S. and started changing how we really try to show value to the business to, to get them to kind of move uh, with us. Uh, and then last year in November, we did something that I'm, I'm still really stoked about. And I, it's the first of many. We've got all of the IT management in Europe, as well as several IT leaders from the U.S. We all got together in Barcelona, Spain, face to face, and got a chance to really learn and start working as a team, talk about the issues that are important and work together to figure out a solution rather than just having one person go run with it. And hopefully everyone else joins in.
1: I remember when you posted that either on LinkedIn or or Facebook, I was, I was so jealous because when I have a team offsite, I do it at Fort Harrison state park in Indianapolis. (laughs) You do it in Barcelona, Spain.
0: (laughs) That's such a cool experience. And my team's working right now to plan the one for this fall. Our hope this year is actually to get some of the people that we're starting to work with, in uh, the Asia PAC area to come over and start joining with us and uh, really get an understanding of of how we can help SMC as a global organization move forward by acting unified globally as an IT department. That's excellent.
1: And I want to talk uh, in a minute about the agile journey you guys are on. But before we do that, I think SMC is a, is an interesting corporation because it's one of those that y- you don't really hear about because I think uh, you're predominantly B2B. But many of our listeners may be impacted by products or, or some of them who are in uh, manufacturing may actually be using some of your product. You also describe it as uh, Industry 4.0. So can you take us through Industry 1 through 4 and describe what SMC is doing as a part of Industry 4.0? Yeah,
0: sure. So, and this is, I think, primarily still a European term. Uh, So we're in Industry 4.0 or the fourth industrial revolution. And the first industrial revolution was at the end of the 18th century. And really, that was just... The ability to have machines, usually they were like steam or powered by being on a stream or something like that. But the first time you were able to have like mechanical systems. Then you had the the second industrial revolution happened at uh, be very beginning of the 20th century, late 19th century, really when the use and the ability to, to leverage electricity mm. was available. And that really started the ability to do mass production. Right, uh, You saw that like with Henry Ford, automobile manufacturers. Third industrial revolution was the seventies. That was robots. So being able to take repetitive and linear type tasks away from the need to have humans do it and have robots do it, and using uh, PLC's (programmable logic controllers to to really help make that work. So this fourth industrial revolution is really about what they call cyber-physical machines. So like I said, the robots of the third revolution were really doing simple repetitive tasks for humans with sensors, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all these other technologies are now part of what the uh, factories are using. Not only are they able to do more complex work, these robots, but then they can also self heal. They can diagnose what needs to happen. They can start making decisions and providing feedback that is no way we could ever have gotten before. So you can see a level of efficiency that you couldn't see. You can see customizations in places that you couldn't customize easily in the past. So that's the fourth generation of the industry. It's a really cool journey as as you've seen, because really what it is, is every time there's a big leap in technology, it changes the entire way that, that industry works. And so this yeah, is just that yeah. next one. And it's just it's really cool to see how much of an impact IT has in playing with that. So specifically from an SMC standpoint, the really cool thing about us is because we're not a sensor manufacturer, we're not going to be building robots or, or things like that. That's not what we are. We are a components manufacturer. So what that means is we're in all that stuff. You, you yeah, rip open yeah. a, a robot and you'll see our valves, our manifolds. You know, our actuators, you look at the end of that arm on that robot and you'll see our grippers, clamps. It's really cool to, to, to see that uh, when you look into like conveyor systems, you know, you see SMC pre-positioning and moving product through those conveyor systems. We're playing in that ecosystem of that cyber physical environment we're not going to be in the, some of those those other spaces but we're we're right there so that's really cool so we get to be part of so many different things and so many different cool products we're part of that manufacturing process
1: we had a guest on the podcast uh, several episodes ago uh, Jamie Lee of Wabash National and he talked about the impact that all those things you just described are having on his business of manufacturing tractor trailers so yeah it's got to be really rewarding to not only see that coming off your own your own lines but then the impacts worldwide on all these various companies that are using your equipment to modernize and take their own factories into this uh industry 4.0 world that's just got to be very rewarding yeah it's cool
0: um it's probably one of those things that even in turn inside of smc we probably don't talk enough about because you know every time I see something and go someplace and I see an SMC stick around something or you know uh, we watch at home how it's made on the Discovery Channel and you see something yep. you know you, you see us in that show all the time and it's, it's fantastic it's such a cool experience to see and it, it really is a uh, something to really be proud of uh, working for the company.
1: Well, and if you're watching that at home, showing your kids that, hey, this is what dad does. Yeah. That's got to be really cool. Kids don't have a chance all the time to see what their what their parents really do, especially since it's on TV, which makes yeah. it even cooler. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's shift gears a, a little bit. One of the things we talked about when we had coffee was this agile journey that you and your team are on. So talk to us about How you got started and where you are in that journey, and where do you see that journey taking you? Yeah. So, you know, as
0: we were trying to do more and more technical things, as the business was trying to advance uh, more and more, we realized that we were order takers. We really didn't get involved enough in conversations, understanding value, how we work with the business. And so we knew that what we were doing was no longer going to work long-term. Uh, it was just not not feasible. So at that point, we did what I think a lot of companies do, which is, hey, we we, we know this new thing out there called Agile. This is what's going to change us. So we started working with a local firm and just started doing some basic training. What is this? What is this really? You, know, you can go buy a million yeah. different tools to do it. So what is it? And then we were like, all right, we're ready to go. And then uh, one of my senior IT leaders said... How do we know we're ready? I mean, we say we're ready, but how do we know we're ready to do this? Because we didn't question. want to And so we had everyone in IT interviewed to see where they are, what they think our strengths are, what they think our weaknesses are, where they think we sit in the business. And the results of that were amazing. It showed us that we were probably not ready to do what we wanted to do, but it also showed us that we needed to change and do something different. So I'm very much about autonomy. I don't think if if I'm sitting and having to tell you everything you're doing, I think that's a waste of good talent. So, you know, there was a lot of sense of autonomy. There was a a lot of ability for them to do what they needed to do uh, just in general. They had the ability to learn uh, on their own. But the biggest thing we were missing was communication inside of the department as well as communication with the business, making sure that everyone actually understood what our vision was. And it is at that point we sat down and said, okay, we've got to change this a little bit. So we kind of took the approach of let's not do agile big A. Let's go do little A agile. Let's let's actually start with some business agility. So a lot of leadership training, a lot of changes, you know, a lot of them were very small changes. You know, I thought I did a really good job communicating with my staff, which I found was not true. Um So I started every week, every Friday, I send an email to the entire team. Hey, here's some cool stuff we did. Here's some birthdays, some things that are happening in the department. Here's some things that are coming up over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, we started having some of the uh, other managers. Here's what's happening in my group. And really started trying to figure out as a team how we work together. And then we started working a little bit with the business. Um, Obviously, we are the only group in the business that has formally called what we're doing at transformation. So we didn't want to upset the entire organization when we're still trying to figure out what's going on. You know, we we talked about it a little bit, but we didn't go into heavy training. Beginning of October last year, we held our first, what's called an open space technology session. So we invited all of IT and several people in the business to a room, and it's all led by the attendees. There's no agenda. There's no set topics the people in the room decide what they need to talk about what are the issues that are them what are they passionate about and we spent a whole day doing like 15 20 different sessions and out of that we created three really cool projects and only one had anything to do really with i.t which was the, the the best thing we started a very deliberate engagement with our sales division our sales division is about half of our company and they're not in our office um, we knew onboarding at SMC needed some assistance, especially in the IT area, uh, as far as uh, how we how we bring people into our systems. But just in general, and then we started a security based experiment around uh, privileged access. We started those, uh, kicked those off with the business. Started a group called our, we call our guiding coalition to help communicate and work through those and start really spreading uh, a business agility mindset throughout the business. We just finished our third in May of these same open space groups. So we do them on a quarterly basis. And every time we're doing them, we're seeing more and more and the business showing up. So we're getting senior level executives, engineers, people in sales, people who have necessarily no direct ties in the IT, sitting down with IT and getting an understanding of what we're passionate about and what we think is important, but we're also getting a really great glimpse into the business. They're leading sessions. They're talking about what they need, things that are important to them. So fantastic intercompany communication and, and really getting some collaborative steam going in SMC.
1: That's great that you guys started an agile journey because of trying to make some changes in the IT department. And it's now bleeding out into the organization and making some huge organizational impacts. That's a great story, Mike. Yeah, and and the cool thing is, as we've done it, we've found that a
0: lot of these other departments were already trying to do this as well. It's trying to figure out how to bridge gaps across departments and divisions and and do that. It was kind of the every everyone was trying to work for what they thought was the same goal, but in multiple you know divisional silos. In
1: silos, yeah. yeah.
0: And we deliberately said no. That's not how we're going to work anymore in IT. What we found within about a month, month and a half of us doing that first open space, we started hearing about and seeing a ton of that collaboration happening throughout the company, which is is really cool. So where do you see this going? What
1: does it look like two years from now?
0: Well, selfishly from an IT perspective, our goal is to be delivering value to the business in a much more meaningful way. Um, And we know that doing that not only makes our business, our revenue goals and our market share goals uh, more attainable, makes us more profitable because we'll be able to control costs. We won't be doing things that are important to the business. The goal ultimately is change the culture. Flatten that organizational chart, at least from an operational standpoint, day-to-day standpoint, and make sure that the people who need to do work and the people who have the knowledge and the passion to do work are doing the work that they're knowledgeable and passionate about, about. Yeah. and limit the the need for bosses, and really make sure that those who are people who are leading are leaders.
1: So that's a that's a great segue. It's almost like you knew what the next question was. <laughs> um, so. One of the things that really struck me when we sat down and talked several weeks ago, Mike, is this leadership that you've shown since uh, joining SMC and how that's grown your career. So how would you describe your leadership style? You know, like I said,
0: definitely I'm one for autonomy. My leadership style at this point, it's it's still evolving. I think as, as a leader, you really never stop growing in that ability because you always find a new way to empower and and really make your uh, the people that you work with more successful. I like at this point sharing my vision, providing any expertise that I can. I, I still have a little bit of technical chops left. <laughs> um, I haven't totally lost those, but I think a lot of of what I'm trying to do now is finding passion and finding value and trying to align them. And uh, one of the biggest things I've learned over the last year is people, as much as this this sounds cliche and and y'all know it, but really people are the most important thing in what we're trying to do. Yes. Um, yes. It's not our technology it's not what tool we're using it's the people and really honing in on making that the, the most important thing in IT is the, the people that are working with us, the people that we that are working inside of IT as well but from a leadership standpoint I've grown from the expert leader you know everyone does what I do because I can do it I can do everyone's job I have mm-hmm. the technical skills to do this everyone just follow me to really being able to get out of the tactical arena and really start focusing on strategic goals and vision and as as my purview has extended farther and farther out from from noblesville it's really taking that vision beyond just a strategic standpoint really looking at how do we want to mold it and then how do i want to contribute and mold smc so i feel like that's a probably a fairly natural progression for a leader i always want to know what uh What everyone else is passionate about this is kind of what i'm passionate Mm -hmm. about i get a lot of joy out of seeing my staff get better i get a lot of joy of seeing them do things that they're passionate about technical wins are great you know we all enjoy them but they're they're short they don't last very long but seeing somebody accomplish something that they want to that just lasts forever right
1: i find that one of the hardest things to do for an IT leader, a technology leader is at some point you realize that you're no longer the smartest person in the room and that you've got to figure out exactly what you said. You get more satisfaction in your career, and your job, watching others grow and be successful. That's why I find leadership is such an interesting thing. And, And what I mean by that is, you know, there's this, there's this debate that goes on and on in some circles about are leaders born or are they made? And that kind of goes back and forth because no kid ever sits around when they're five or six years old and says, Hey, when I grow up, I want to be a leader. But yet many people begin to rise to the front, if you will, and become those leaders and people are drawn to follow them. So talk to us a little bit, Mike, about how you did it, how you went from that young man, young teenager that I knew a zillion years ago. Where did your leadership begin to develop? Well, you know, I didn't didn't
0: realize this until probably way too late to be able to, to say thank you. But it was modeled by my dad. First and foremost, I mean, uh, my dad was had been some type of a leader, whether it be at his job, in his industry, in church, in athletics. Right. Since uh, I was born, He was modeled to me. I still wouldn't say I was born into leadership, but I think that idea of what it is and what it's not I had always just been there. I just needed to realize what what I'd been seeing and what it actually meant. What you're yeah. seeing. Yeah. I kind of yeah. had to be awoken yeah. uh, to that. So, but like I said, that's my dad, you know, you really don't pay a lot of attention to that uh, until said, it's way too late to be able to say, yeah, Hey, thanks yeah. for all that modeling. My first real big, I'd say leap into any kind of leadership was at first Baptist church. I was on, I started when I was 14 years old, working in the summers at the church doing uh, groundskeeping. So mowing, cleaning curbs, painting curbs. Yep. Yep. I worked that job all throughout high school and most of college. Uh, so as I grew into that job, the head of the grounds there, his name is Al Heiser, I, I noticed he, he started leaving <laughs> you know, at the end of the day when I showed up. And you start realizing that you know it used to be I'd come into his office, I'd get a list of things to do, and I'd go and just check them off the list. And I'd come back to him at the end of the day, we'd go over it, and we'd be done. Then I started realizing it was more of he'd give me the list, we'd talk about it, and then I turn around and he was he went home for the day. I mean, it was yeah, five 100%. o'clock in the afternoon. So he went home. And so it was up to me to get stuff done. And if I didn't get things done or didn't do it right, I heard about it the next day because everyone saw it in the church the next morning. Yeah. So exactly. it really put a lot of accountability on me to make sure I was doing what I knew how to do. I you know, I realized later he stopped giving me the lists you know, I started figuring out, okay, I know what's going on Wednesday. I know what's happening Wednesday night. So I know what needs to happen Thursday morning. So I knew what I needed to get done. I started getting that accountability and that autonomy that really helped me at least get that confidence up. Then all of a sudden other high school kids started showing up and it went from, he'd give them a list to, Hey, Mike, just tell them what they needed to, to do. So all of a sudden I was not only accountable for myself and the work I was doing, but now all of yep. a sudden I became accountable for these other people and trying to figure out how to do it in a way that was not me just giving out tasks or or harping on people, trying to find ways to do it so we had a good time. How do we make sure yeah. we can do these ten things but still take a fifteen minute break to chill out and, and talk and tell jokes and and make work a, a really good experience. Obviously most of those kids who work with me were in my youth group. So they're already friends. So you know you also don't want to be the jerk right. friend. You know, and that just kinda continued on. So you realize that okay, I can handle the accountability of working by myself. I understand how to be autonomous and then, hey, I, I know now how to, to work with people in a way that we can get things done together. And I learned real quickly, I like either working with yeah. or helping them so they can start being autonomous and being accountable uh, on their own. You know, once again, didn't really realize how much that impacted me until I got into management. It really wasn't until like the last five, six years at SMC that I really started looking at how I manage, how I interact with not only uh all the employees in IT, but with other directors and other management throughout the company, to really see the impact that those two men had on my life and my journey, it's just really cool to to see that, okay, something I learned having to mow 40 acres 25 years ago is really affecting and impacting how I am trying to to lead a, a large global IT organization today and what it means going forward, that those same skills, that same behavior and modeling is just maturing it's not
1: different at all so that's really cool that is such a great story and mike i have to tell you after you told me that story i did a couple of things one is i reached out to some of the other kids that had been in that program working for al and they said pretty much kind of the same thing that uh that was such a huge impact on them they learned leadership they learned accountability so i sat down with al for lunch and and asked him point blank hey did you know what you were doing was growing leaders? And he kind of chuckled in the way that only Al can chuckle, you know? And he says, I was just trying to teach him stuff that would be valuable in their life in the future. And man, that so sums it up. So that's a great, great story. We could, we could go on forever, but uh, I, I want to bring this to a close for today Uh, Would love to have you back on the show, maybe on a future episode as we look to the next season and what we're going to be talking about. But for our listeners today, whether they're leaders or those who aspire to be leaders, what's a one piece of advice you can give them? Something that they can start doing today that will help them on their leadership journey? So I'm going to
0: give two because the first one's real easy. Remember that people are people, especially in IT. That changes perspective and makes you more valuable as a leader or a future leader and also makes you uh, much more flexible going forward. But the, the one thing I've learned is start something, step out yeah. in front of it. I cannot think of a organization where they're not trying to find a way, especially from an IT standpoint, to be more valuable to the company. Culture is a, is a really big topic right now inside of all organizations, and th- there's not an organization out there that doesn't want to make either maintain and grow their culture in a way that is more meaningful or change their culture to one that is more meaningful. So start
1: something. Go out there and, and take that risk. Have that courage to start something. Mike, that is fantastic advice. I really appreciate Jumping on the call today. Uh, I know you're going in a million different directions all the time, and I really appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. Uh, And like I said, would love to have you back on a future show as we build out uh, season two. For our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and it'll have contact information for Mike if you want to reach out to him. Awesome. This is Jeff Tunn for Mike Loggins. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.